Welcome to the Synapse Philosophy Group, and I am excited because we have a we are on page sixty four of B.J. Palmer's final book, the Our Masterpiece, and we've gone through you know we've broken it down. There is a lot of good information here and a lot of good discussion. I say go back and listen to them. Um, this type of podcast you can listen as we go for sure. But also go back and listen. We've got a lot that we have done from we've broken down all of Stevenson's D.D. Palmer's 1914. Um, we go back and forth in 1910 because it's a Leviathan. And uh, after we do this, we'll go back again. And we've got a lot of good work on this. So go check it out. And today we're going to have our man, Alan Lichter, to do some reading. And we're going to trade back and forth. And I've been talking all day after being on vacation, so I'm giving my voice a little rest, and uh, we're going to get going. Alan, you ready to go? I'm ready. Anatomical, right. on, we're at 164, and the it's called the, the chapter is called Anatomical and Osteological Constants and Variables. There is a species and family constant. There is a species and family variables. There's a genus homo anatomical and osteological constant. All people are alike in general characteristics, but far different in specific variables. All have a head, two arms, two legs, nervous systems, vertebral column, mental impulse supply constant. Each has a face on that head that is a variable. Arms and legs are long and short. No two vertebral columns are alike. No two mental impulse supplies are exactly alike. There, that's an important line. I should have underlined it. No two mental impulse supplies are exactly alike. There are osteological constants. Each person has 24 movable vertebrae, an occiput, atlas, and axis. Each bones, all bones, are a constant to a common constant. Yet no two occiputs, atlases, or axes are alike. Each possesses a variable from the constant. There are left and right variables. It is these variables that make two people anatomically or osteological a constant. Make no two subluxations alike. Make no two occlusions, pressures, or interferences alike. Make no two diseases alike. These variables make no two people take same adjustment or respond to it alike or react of same condition in same speed or make them get well in same manner. You wanna stop and talk for a minute? I forgot I was muted. You know, that's you know where the merit chart sort of loses its merit and uh, you know, the amazement of this adjustment. What do you guys think? Anybody uh, have any discussion on that? I just, again, appreciate the specificity of what we do. Um, it's not only specific for the, the client, the person on the table, but also specific for the chiropractor. And that's where the art of what we do comes in. And so to see it written down here in 1961, um, Andy Roberts, the only time I ever heard Andy Roberts speak was at uh, an IRAPS presenting the this the specificity of what we do is so specific that it includes the chiropractor also. Um, and this, this just points out that what we have is something that can't be replaced by machine. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Anybody else? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> wow, Dwayne, you mentioned Andy. So I just checked two of Andy's old patients today, two of the last two in the last couple hours. So that's uh, his spirits here, definitely. And then uh, just had dinner with his wife on Friday. Um, you know, this, this principle is easy. Um, chiropractic to us, chiropractors is easy. However, it's not simple. And here's BJ talking about these constant and variables. And you can look at it from afar, all the variables, or you can just get in and get as specific and scientific as you possibly can. And I, I love his use of words here. Good job, Alan. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Barry, Barry, as you were talking, I'm thinking of DD's concept of tone and the complexity and intricacies of an instrument and orchestra. And the artist doesn't necessarily have to know how each key works on his saxophone or on his flute. Um, they just have to know how to use that instrument in that moment in time with the rest of the orchestra. And that's where the art comes out. And, you know, right. a true artist really becomes one with his instrument. And I use the reference from, from Clarence uh, uh, Gonstead all the time of becoming one with the bone and really becoming one with it becoming part of that adjustment. It's not from the outside. When we're connected spirit to spirit, we become part of that individual system. And that moment innate takes us in and uh, we're influencing that system from, you know, above down and the inside out. Yeah, absolutely. And what's, what's interesting is it, it, we're looking at it individual too. However, as and you guys know this, and Dee Dee says this, the universal consciousness so as we're each performing our art and playing that beautiful song in our office, in our body, with our patient's consciousness, there's also a universal consciousness that's occurring as well. Absolutely. We're affecting the world with every adjustment. Absolutely. You know, going back to the, the orchestra analogy, when you listen to two people can play the same notes and play the same song and it'll sound totally different. And they talk about the people that, when you talk about the artists that win you know, the piano contest or the violin contest, they talk about how they felt the music and the, and the people listening could feel the difference that they become part of the music and their, their expression through the music expresses something different than you know, me picking up a guitar and banging, banging out a song. Reminds me of an episode of Star Trek Voyager where the holographic doctor was playing the violin. And when he got done, everybody was like, okay, that was good. They're like, he's like, I played it perfectly. They're like, yeah, all you did was play it perfectly. It wasn't you in there. You just mechanically repeated exactly what a master did 150 years ago. Mm -hmm. No um, soul or spirit. Yeah, no soul or spirit in it. That's right. You know, and that's it, you know, that's partly what we have to do when we are adjusting. We, we are part of the adjustment. Our, the innate coming through us and communicating with the innate in the patient, in the practice member, that, that is an expression of the art. That's each of us is different. That's why if I adjusted somebody and then Haig came along and checked them five minutes later, or Dwayne came along and checked them five minutes later than that, there's, there, we'd each find something a little bit different because we're all seeing it differently. 
they may, the patient is also probably adapting to each adjustment, but we'd each see, each of us would see something differently because of who we are as we address that practice member. You know, I say it as this, your innate is going to trust me differently than Dwayne's innate, right? Or my spirit. So our, our systems have so much to do with that adjustment or that subluxation, the body saying, here, please help me here, Alan. And that's why we haven't had the reproducibility very often between chiropractor to chiropractor. And it's what drives, I think, upper cervical people so nuts, <laughs> and uh, which is fun. But I love upper cervical. Don't get me wrong. I be, I'm absolutely part of the upper cervical world. And uh, but trusting that innate that spirit to communicate within us, and then trusting that communication is, I think, is truly next level for uh, for chiropractors ourselves. Awesome, Mason. Good to see you, my man. Or I, I know you're here, whether I'm seeing you or not. Yeah, that's all. And just to be sure, we're staying on on focus here. These are all. This is just that's just another level of variables that we're talking about when we're talking about constants and variables. There's variables in each practice member he's talking about here. There's variables in us that are uh, that reading those variables in the practice members. Why don't you start again? Let's go ahead and read some You're more. Good. To be competent, efficient, and accurate, chiropractor calls for one who, I'm sorry, to be a competent, efficient, and accurate chiropractor calls for one who knows constants and variables in osteology. Some will try to fit atlas on upside down, axis below fourth cervical, or turn an atlas right, right side to. All chiropractors have a fair understanding of something about bones, a trifle more than about occiput, atlas, and axis. All chiropractors have a fair understanding of something about vertebral subluxations and their adjustments. A chiropractor is ordinary or extraordinary according to whether he knows ordinary or extraordinary osteological constants and their variables, normal and abnormal. Usual patient has an osteological constant in common with other people. Usual patient has vertebral subluxation and a vertebral adjustment constant in common with other people. That patient stands a good chance of getting well at the hands of a usual chiropractor. But what about the unusual patient with an unusual variable not in common with other people? What about the unusual patient with the usual variable subluxation requiring an unusual variable adjustment? These are problem cases in this chiropractic. This clinic is called upon to get well, referring to the Palmer Clinic there. Variables are either anomalous, pathological, or traumatic. They can be one, two, or three in any person. They frequently are in some one problem case. In the Palmer School, there are over 25,000 osteological specimens, anomalous, pathological, as well as traumatic, valued at over $350,000. Having spent thousands of hours studying them, we know what to look for, what to see, what to expect, and by process of seeing, finding them or by process of seeing eliminate them when reading x-ray films. It is the ability to include or exclude variables with constant, which give knowledge and knowledge is ability. It is variables which make chiropractors fail on case, not that chiropractic is wrong, not that chiropractor is incompetent, inefficient or inaccurate, but he does not 
no variables on which he should be a specialist. You must know your bones to know your bones. Let me just pause there a moment. You got it. You know, one thing we started doing a long time ago was seeing if we could feel the difference when someone has, you know, more bony, you know, stuff on one side of the vertebra compared to the other. Is there a different tone to it? Can you notice the difference without an x-ray? And, uh, you know, it is important to do, uh, you know, really studying x-rays. And uh, we were fortunate in life having Dr. Fox and also, you know, having a, a, a really keen understanding of, of, of x-rays themselves. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of push of booting x-ray out of chiropractic. I think that's a level of insanity. So I just wanted to put my two cents in there. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Whoever listens to this, we'll keep going if you want. <laughs> Uh, should I go on then? Yeah. Okay. Uh, page 143, volume 19, Palmer states, reading an occipito and lantoaxial set of spinographs is more than looking for a subluxated position of one vertebra to ascertain its present subluxated position and figuring direction. It should be adjusted to get case well. There is an anatomical constant normal position where it was but is not now. In addition to subluxated position of one vertebra seen, we look for and ascertain by negation any of hundreds of possible anomalous and or pathological and or traumatic variables and how any or some of them being present and affect the modified interpretation of position of subluxation otherwise thought to be seen. Excuse me, I have to take a breath after that sentence. <laughs> it's a... It's a twisted thought there. Many modify conclusion and shift position to R or right or left. It is these elements which create impossible and problem cases, which we get, which we get in the BJ Palmer chiropractic clinic, which we seek and find, which makes our interpretations different, which soon shows in getting case well where others who follow simple routines fail. To think only anatomical constant as was and should be, and thus ignore multitudinous anomalous pathological and or traumatic variants that modify usual technique of reading spinographs is to not see some of the most salient issues of study. Fortunately, majority of cases do not fit in these categories. Unfortunately, minoring of incurable cases do fit into these case categories. The BJ Palmer Clinic does have osteological laboratory, which makes such comparisons vital to recovery of stubborn cases. Ordinarily, a matched set of Oxput, Atlas, and Axis before chiropractor in spinograph reading room makes it possible to compare real with spinographs of duplicate parts of, of the case. Extraordinary, thousands of specimens of sets of occiputs, atlases, and axes are before us in our osteological laboratory where we make comparisons between actual variables to compare with spinographs of duplicate parts found in unusual cases. 
I think what he's talking about here is that by going to the osteological lab and looking at those and looking at the specimens there, and I think they had x-rays of all those specimens as well, that you could, it gives the, it would give the students and people that are working in the lab there additional knowledge of what the possibilities are that of what they're looking at on it on the x-ray that's in front of them for a particular patient that you might not have seen it but we probably have something similar in a lab and you can see what it looks like in 3d because there were no 3d imaging back in well they talk about some sort of 3d imaging in the book but it was something much less than what we have available today what you look at in a spinograph may be exactly what you see but are you looking exactly what you look at in a spinograph? This is not paradoxical. You look at a spinograph and see what appears to be what you define it to be as to subluxated position, comparative to, comparative to vertebra above and below. Is it what you define? If an anomaly exists on one side, not on the other, if pathology exists in the pre-zygapophyses and not in on post-zygapophyses, if traumatic crushed healed fracture cicatrix exists on odontoid, cited as some of many possibilities, what you look at in a spinograph may be exactly what you look at. These are actualities occurring more or less in many people, which cannot be put into type except in a general way, cannot be told by instruction, except in a general way. Neither can they be written into books, which we have not attempted. This education comes after specimen studying possibilities of comparative sets, which took hundreds of hours with 25,000 specimens of what could happen if this or that was present and how it would modify what you thought you saw if a spinograph were taken at this or that angle, et cetera. Broader than understanding of constant and knowledge of variables in osteological specimens, more one can read in spinographs of living individuals from whom spinographic pictures have been taken. Person who looks at spinograph and sees little in it is one who would look at any osteological specimen and see little in it. Other person who has spent years looking at thousands of osteological specimens can take a spinograph set and see it in, in see in it a reflection of the understanding of anomalous pathological and or traumatic specimens he has studied for years. You know what I was thinking when you were reading that, you know, how important it is to, to the x-rays, but how important it is to read these green books and how in the, you know, my mentors, really the successful chiropractors in this world got into our philosophy, read it, broke it down with people like this, maybe once a month they meet, have meetings or whatever, but how important it is and how that's being lost in school right now. And where we're talking about the philosophies of, you know, regular people that are out teaching, but when we're getting into the philosophy of BJ Palmer, DD Palmer, of what we did, what they did to get to the point where we are now and how they developed our philosophy understanding of chiropractic itself and thank you for reading that alan you know that's what i was getting just reverence of thank you and gratitude for bj palmer and dd palmer
No, there's not a, by reading the philosophy and reading it in the in conjunction with the, the detail of this kind of writing by BJ, as hard as it is to get through some of this, because it, it, the, the, the way he writes is not, it is sometimes hard to even reading it out loud and hearing it is hard to, is hard to wrap around. But it's, but reading them together allows, you see that there's not a, a disparity between the science and the philosophy. He was working with the science that he had and developing the science to validate the, the principles that, that had been laid down by, by his father and himself. And what's Absolutely. been lost is we've moved to science only and not philosophy. The science needs to work with the philosophy and be driven by the philosophy. And some of that's been, it has, has drifted from reality in what's our profession. Happened, what's also happened is pe people and teachers are teaching their philosophy, not chiropractic philosophy and BJ and D.D. Palmer. They're making up their own things, which have vitalistic tones to them, but have very little working knowledge of BJ and D.D. Palmer. And I see that constantly. And I'm really, I'm really, this is part of the passion of getting out and teaching the world. And, you know, all you guys, I see everywhere and getting out and, and connecting and giving the juice to the people, the young chiropractors coming up. Some of them are older than I am, but some of the, the young chiropractors coming up and uh, getting the meat from the cow itself, you know. That is where we really need to go and get everybody to BJ and DD Palmer. Bear, you unmuted. Did you have something? Yeah, you know, I uh, just to blend in what you two were saying as well is there's a huge, a huge gratitude and appreciation for BJ. Anybody who's at the top of a profession and a leader, it's easy to knock them down. And like Alan was saying here, he's, he's, I'm going to, I'm going to use the word mixing here. Sorry. He's blending the, art and philosophy <laughs> and science together because he is saying here in this our masterpiece this is during his clinic is listen okay now we're in the upper cervicals now we're telling you chiropractors there's more variables in the upper cervicals than anything else there's so many malformations and even in the spine and he's trying to tell us though the constant is our principles our constant is always our principles what what chiropractic is founded on and it takes a lot for him after two world wars after all these other hundreds of schools, you know, producing the students that they're doing, and he's he's scientifically making this as as pure and as scientific as he possibly can. Our art of chiropractic, it's amazing. He's he's a conductor of the philosophy, science, and art during during decades for us. And let's not forget the depression and so Correct. much history. Then, yeah, go ahead, Dwayne. In the Roaring Twenties, I wanted to make a comment about, um, you know, again, going back to tone and very, very kind of mentioned the conductor, um, you know, when an orchestra tunes up, they tune to the oboe. Is and, that right? I didn't know that. Yeah, if, if the trumpets only tuned up to the trumpets and the trombones only to the trombones and the flutes only to the flutes, when they all tried to play together, the chances of them being in unison in tune is minimal but if they have that one pure tone and it's usually first seat oboe uh, playing middle c everybody else tunes up to that and that way when it's time to go with the conductor everybody's in tune 
the analogy I'm drawing here is we need to tune up our philosophy to the conductor of the green books so that when we speak on our own in our own section of trombones or trumpets or flutes or whatever, we're in tune and then we have a better chance of our groups being in tune with the conductor, the green books, if we stay in tune with the green books. I love that analogy. Absolutely, Dwayne. And, you know, remaining, getting homogenous and having really, you know, uh, once you're, if you're from the principles of, of our green books and our philosophy, the variations of how your approaches don't matter. And we become more unified as a profession itself. Um, and I didn't know that about the oboe, but, you yeah. know, well, the, the oboe is 39 volumes. Go ahead. So <laughs> um, unified does not mean uniform. Okay. Yeah. Or together, um, all of us individuals. Um, if you remember, um, diagram number four is BJ's favorite diagram. And then uh, number six out of his 1945 cause and cure talking about how people how innate can go across from each other. I think I said that out. It's been a couple of months, but we need to make sure that we're in tune so that when we again get people around us, they automatically tune themselves up to the principles. Awesome. Should we go on? Constants sure. and variables. I'll read this one if you don't mind. I got a second win. Okay. A little bit. Page 68. Our masterpiece. Constants and variables in adjusting subluxations. D.D. Palmer laid down a principle, including its elements in 1895. To that principle and those elements, he gave a name. That principle and those elements are A, a, a vertebral subluxation occludes an opening, produces pressure upon nerves, interferes with quantity, par transmission of mental impulse uh, supply, causes disease. That principle and those elements are either right or wrong. If not right, let's prove it wrong or correct it and them. If right, let's prove it so and develop its application in service. That principle Add those elements are, are a constant, but what variables we, we find practiced in its name? What should we do? What should you do as a chiropractor to change variable, variable back to constant? Innate is a constant. Subluxation is a constant. Adjustment is a constant. But chiropractic tries to change constant into variable. Um, Chiro pardon me? Chiropractor tries to change. My mistake. Exactly. The individual. Hey. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna I say, to you know, I want to go back a, a line here and say, if to the line where he says, if right, let's prove it so and develop the app. If, you know, if not right, let's prove it wrong or correct it in them. If right, let's prove it so and develop its application and service. And the issue you know, going back to the, the the science issue and what the what the we'll call it the cartel for lack of a better phrase to 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 get an umbrella group going there, um, they haven't just done anything to disprove the principles of chiropractic. There are things in our principles that are hard to prove, just like it's hard to prove God. It's an intangible, but there's 
there's things in our principles that are hard to prove. It's hard to prove innate. It's an intangible, but it hasn't been disproven. And what we need to be working on is the science that validates that those principles work. And if we can eventually somehow come to a proof of innate intelligence, then that's that's the bonus. And, and the proof of universal, that's the bonus. I mean, we can see evidence of both, but we can but you can't prove that they're there or not in, in scientific terminology. But you can prove that they, that that the principles work. And that's what we need to be working on. Nobody's disproven any of this, although they certainly want to disallow its usage. Now, BJ was trying to with the neuro, go ahead, Barry, the neuro Electro-neuroencephalomentipograph. Okay. Well, that's what he was trying to measure innate in, in experimentation, having a, a value for innate. So we're not just holding something constant. And, uh, you know, he was doing his absolute best with the science of the time, which enhanced science for what we have now, you know? And I use an EMG, I lose, I use a, a Titron, and uh, you know, all that is goes right back to BJ Palmer. And uh, what a blessing that is, it truly is for humanity, including the chiropractor, just making our lives a little bit easier, but for humanity itself. All right, anybody else? I'll keep going on. Go ahead, Barry. Electroencephalo neuromentopograph. Sorry, I got it wrong. I was listening to what you guys said and I started off wrong. Um, yeah. you know, this, this, this is important. Um, you know, we can't prove that gravity is there. We can't see it. We can measure the effects of it. And as chiropractors, we're measuring the effects of innate. Um, and this whole, this, I, I love this point here where our principles is a constant and what people are doing with our principles is the variable. We were talking about that earlier. And of course we were triggered with, you know, the cartel and things that are going on there. Um, this, these are our principles. Yeah, to, uh, to uh, trampoline on what Barry said, did you know that friction has not been scientifically defined? Uh. The coefficient of friction has no units, which means it's a non-scientific number. It's just there. Um, they don't know what it is and how to use it. They just have this constant for friction. Um, I don't know if you knew that or not. And they use it all the time. It was the, the Michelin company and uh, that did the experiments on friction, from what I understand. Am I right? Oh, and uh, yeah. Yeah, it's any machine. I mean, uh, engineers like, yeah, it's there, but we just don't know what it is. Always got to account for it. We just don't know what it is. I'm going to go on. Anybody else? I think I left this off. D.D. Uh, D. Palmer laid down the principle in the singular subluxation. It is not plural, yet chiropractors today pluralize it from two to 24 vertebra, adjust occiput to legs. Today, there are given what they, excuse me, today, there are given what we call cutaneous or kiss adjustments. They don't penetrate to actually move the vertebra. What do you think he's talking about there? What do you mean? Like mental? No, this is, this is, something I've been trying to get people to be aware of. You don't have multiple subluxations. You're either subluxated or you're not. Right. It's a, it's a, I don't want to say condition, but it is a state of being. You're either subluxated or you're not. You may have several uh, 
misalignments contributing to the subluxation, but the subluxation is a yes or no thing. Yeah, either you're either if there's nerve interference, you're subluxated. No matter where it is, it's one or four places. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. What do you think he's talking about the cutaneous or kiss adjustments? The Anybody I think know? those are the I think those are the ones that only go skin deep. Yeah. So he may be, I think this was 61. Yeah. So activator wasn't around then. Um there could be other techniques he might be pointing out that just don't get down to where you're even um, putting any kind of external force on the vertebra itself. I mean, this is well before network and BGI, obviously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I think that at this time, they were still, they, the adjustments, you know, they talk about the, you got to move the bone, right? It's, it's Dr. Sid used to talk about it that way. You got to move the bone. And it, the, the high force adjustments were de rigueur for the largest part, longest time in our profession. It's only more recently that we found that there that you can affect, you know, and as we've gotten away from the adjustment being purely verbally induced, that we find that we, we do affect the nerve system and its ability to transmit the mental impulses with using less force type of adjustments. And you have to, part of our art is being able to know when you need to use more or less force and when you may... You know, I used to mostly well, instrument adjusting, but I used to also do drop work, you know, and, and it, it depends, you know, you need to know when to use what in your office. <laughs> well, BJ did develop a, just like a Titron, you know, this, the pressure, but with a pencil of, of depth for your adjustment. I don't know what that's called. Barry, you might know what that is, well, but uh, I remember Clarence Jensen, we had, he had one in his office and that's what we were practicing on for our depth and, and that type of thing. You know, Dwayne? It was adjustment simulator. There's uh, two at Sherman. One's in the uh, student lab and one's over in the, in the museum. It oh, does, very cool. Uh, speed, force, and torque. Mm. Very cool. All right, I'm going to keep moving on. Uh, example, case 73, entered our clinic. And that's probably from volume 20. Chiropractor adjusted atlas. First from one side and then other. Each day for 21 days, Atlas, if subluxated, could not be both left and right. Atlas, if subluxated, was either left or right. Couldn't be both directions. Discussing this case, The Known Man, Volume 19. Palmer says, if a vertebra was subluxated right, then it wasn't subluxated left. It was su if it was left, then it wasn't right. If it was either, it couldn't be both opposite directions same day. One chiropractor held opinion. It was both opposite directions same day, every day for 21 days. No wonder the seeming necessity of pecking away every day on a variable from both sides. If B atlas was subluxated right, this was adjusted first, then head turned over and adjustment given from left. And Case went home uh, with uh, last peckment from left. Then Case went home with worse subluxation when he entered office. Vice versa would also be true. Pecking on wrong side on alternate days is a variable constituting an ex 
inexcusable blunder, adjusting from right only when it exists as such in fact is a constant which constitutes sound intelligent understanding of nature of atlas subluxation and its correction. Oh, somebody's coming in. Here's Steve. All right, anybody have any input on that? I, I, I have, I, oh, Christian, go ahead. You, want, you got your hand up. Okay, guys. I was just listening about what you were saying about Atlas subluxating right or left. It, it's either one or the other. But I think it does subluxate. Both sides are involved. Because if your Atlas is my hand, and if the right side goes to the right, the left side follows the right side. So it's subluxated from both sides. That's my input on that. But if it's, if it's subluxated and you're adjusting laterality from one way and then you've hit it back the other way, you just have negated what you've just done. No, I'm saying if it moves to the right side, it's pulling the left side to the right side too at the same time. So there's subluxation on the left side if, if it's moving to the right side too. I and see your point. The whole bone has is moving. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, I don't think that's what he's saying though. He's saying that you can't have the atlas go like this. You can't have an ALS and an ARS at the same time. Okay. Let's hope so. Well, now, can you have posteriority on one side and anteriority on the other side? Yeah. Yes, you, you know, it depends one, if you're one will make a correction and the other one. Okay. Yeah. If, if it's subluxated, it's subluxated. Anybody else? Steve, good to see you. Yeah, if you're fast. If you're fast enough with the impulse and the adjustment and innate, suck it up. Innate will just take care of it and set it. Well, we're not adjusting anyway. We're influencing innate adjusts. That's right. Right? Chiropractor thrusts the body adjusts, innate adjusts. You know, <clears throat> we offer I remember, I remember learning. Uh, about if somebody's standing on the edge of a cliff and you kind of push them over the cliff, they're going to recoil back the opposite way. And there are some techniques that actually... You're breaking up. Steve, you're breaking up a little bit there. Push the... That's how he normally talks. You know that, guys. <laughs> Can you hear no. me now? That's better, yeah. Uh, the recoil, when somebody's at the edge of a cliff and you go to push them off, they're going to like forcibly go the opposite way. And so the rationale is that if you adjust someone into a bone into the more of the subluxation, the innate goes, wait a second, and then sets it. I've heard that Plausible. rationale for adjusting a, a, a ASR, ASL. All right. I think I think the most that we can hope for as chiropractors is to offer up as a gift the proper vector for the body to absorb 100% of it as a corrective force. I would and say I, 
that is one of the most important factors is a proper vector. The closer and, and, we can get to the closer we can get to what innate needs, if you will, then the less force we need to put in and the easier, the easier the adjustment happens. I tell people I want to give 101% of what's needed just in case one of us sneezes. <laughs> but no more, because any more than that's destructive. Any less than that, then everything is destructive. Interesting. I like yeah, it. Build constructive survival values. Anybody else? I'm going to finish this section. All right. We're almost done. Uh, but I lost C. my place. You're in FC. If C subluxation was right on Monday, and on Monday he adjusted from right first and left second, and subluxation was left on Tuesday, and on Tuesday he adjusted from left first and right second, he and on Tuesday he adjusted from left and first right second, he would be alternately or on opposite days, decreased and increased pressure and make case worse one day and perhaps better next. This would be questionable because no case needs adjustment every day or say on same subluxation. It is possible that pecking away an alternate side daily might increase readings. Alternation would be haphazard, trusting to memory which do, a, do side from which do side was first or last, yesterday or day before. Therefore, no constant was used as a basic start or finish. It would be, it would be bad enough if he made a constant of which side was daily adjusted first for 21 days. Even this process possesses elements of great danger for he leaves it hanging there. No, he goes right. It goes to the next piece, right ahead. Bear, you want to start from there? You want to read? Yeah, I'll read. If D's subluxation was right, and for 21 days he adjusted from right first and left last, then each day he continued to make case worse. It is no wonder case suspicion chiropractor did not know which side Atlas was subluxated to. Realizing he was getting worse, Case left him and went to another chiropractor who found which side it was subluxated to. No chiropractor can build a business on variables of which this is a simple sample. Example, if Atlas is A, specific vertebral subluxation, including its elements, to claim others are is to introduce variables. Two vital principles. Number one, Cause is within, cure is within. It is necessary to accurately locate cause and efficiently correct it. That the cure life forces within may be liberated to bring back health. Number two, rehabilitation of the part which has long been in disuse. This cannot be done by external manipulation, such as message. Maybe massage there. I don't know if that's a spelling error. It yeah, must be done so. by it must be done by internal use by patients himself. Every department of the clinic works confined and scientifically applies itself to these two vital practices. You noted under first principle any, every, and all methods which establish accurate and efficient mechanical automatic record, 
avoiding studiously any, every, and all methods which permit free play to human diagnosis, which is admittedly guesswork with even the best. You further noted, under second principle, all methods which permit Case to work his own parts to more quickly develop them back to normal. And that is innate intelligence. Those two, awesome. two vital principles are, are, are so good. I, I can almost hear Fred Barge saying that first line, cause is within, cause, cure is within, right? The, uh, the, but those two together are, are so dramatic because it talks, it, it, you know, he's saying innate, it's not, it's what we just said a minute ago. It's not the chiropractor making the cure here. The body is making the cure after we offer something to innate that maybe she can use and maybe she can't. It's a, we talk about, uh, I think I got this from David Fletcher, but I, I might've been Tom Preston. I'm not sure, but he's must've been Fletcher because he talked about arouse innate. When we adjust, when we do an adjustment, we want, we, we're seeking to arouse innate so that she can do her work. Even rehab is an internal job though. Exactly. I'll leave it at that with rehab. I mean, he said he right here, he's saying, leave all that other stuff alone. Give it to somebody else to do. Yeah. How do you so guys deal with this? Uh, how do you deal with this? Can you hear me okay? Yes. How do you deal with this? Uh, when I was in chiropractic school, I, I did Logan basic and they said sacrum goes anterior and inferior. Then the next semester I did Gonstead and they said sacrum goes uh, posterior. Uh, and uh, inferior. And then we got Reggie Gold saying palpation, you, 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 you palpate the, the multifidus that's contracting, that's helping innate, pull it that way. You got the NUCA people, you got Pedabon, which I got into with the inline x-rays. You've got all these different techniques saying different things. And it's kind of like an elephant in the room where I had to finally let it all go and just find something that I feel confident in, in terms of the, the line of drive. And Can then I, I would adjust with surety. Yeah. But, but within the profession, there's a lot of contradictions. Dwayne, go so, ahead. So the, the, the basic versus Gonstead thing, that's a point of reference on where it is uh, in reference to the pivot point, different points of reference. But even Clarence Gonstead in his book, his manual, uh, either in the introduction, I think in the introduction is like, hey, guys, because of my physical limitations, this is how I do chiropractic. I would hope to God you don't stop with this. And most right. people who do Gonstead don't understand that he was just offering a foundation. I think even um, Logan said, this is just the start of where we can be. Um, and the other thing is in martial arts, I know Shark, you do martial arts, right? Um, you still- uh, Qigong. Yeah. So when you look at martial arts, every style starts at a different base on the pyramid, but at some point they all reach the same level and understanding of what martial arts is. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it goes beyond the technique. Yeah, absolutely. And uh -huh. you have to start someplace. You have to start with the basics someplace. And like Clarence Gonstead said in his book, this is how I had to do it for me. Well, he had huge hands. He also had huge hands. 
Didn't he have some they were very uh, but, uh, Yeah, he had some. You know what? Whitehorn, Whitehorn used to tell us at Columbia Institute, he said, whatever you do, and he taught upper cervical pattern work to, to a group of us, but he said, whatever technique you use, make sure you have your own, make sure you have a, a criteria. That's it. But the, still, the fact is, Sorry. though, within our profession, there are some opposites practicing. Well, there's lots of, you know, it goes back to the, the fact that we're putting in a force that, that the body's using to make the correction, that there are, through one thing and another, it seems like virtually all the techniques work. And I mean, I exposed myself to a number of techniques, but it's, you, you can't master all of them. And there, and you're putting in a lot of stuff that you eventually have to say what, through me is working for me. What's comfortable for me as I'm working? What That's parts right. of these different techniques can I put together to make my package that I can use when I'm adjusting my practice members? You know, That's what right. is the most comfortable thing for me? I mean, I, I studied with, doc, I took a seminar with Dr. Van Rumpt and I did, you know, and I did activator work and I did upper cervical specific and I studied with Dr. Clay Thompson who was certified by him. And I put pieces together of all those to in, in, in my practice that what worked for me and, and was consistent through those with the focus on how do I get this to work for my practice member, but it has oh. to be through me. It's my tech, it's my technique package. Yeah. You know, they talk about the Palmer package oh. or the other package, but it's the Sherman package, but it's what's this is the Allen package that I oh. put together because it's through me. You got it. Dwayne, go ahead. We got to wrap things up. We're right. getting late now. So what causes an airplane to fly? Is it lift? Is it negative or positive? There's still a debate about that. It's still, it's opposing forces working in the same direction, opposing principles. And number two, if you really want to go down a dark hole, do a YouTube research on what makes the ice um, curling thing actually go down the ice. There's three or four different physics professors that are arguing by writing papers on which is the right physics for why that works. Ah, I love it. Yeah. What was that one? Curling. 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 Physics of curling. Oh, okay. You've got an hour or two, just, just look up physics of curling on YouTube. Well, you know, two objects never really touch. The electrons and opposing forces actually are opposing them in all, all objects. My friends, I love tonight and it was awesome. And we're on for next week, and uh, for sure, and we're going to pick up, we might as well read BJ's shortest chapter, Precision X-Rays. It's about eight, nine lines or something like that. We're going to start there, and we're going to keep moving forward. Does this sound good for everybody? Yep. I love and appreciate you because I get more out of this. I read one line, and I might study it for two weeks with you guys we're getting through these books and we're breaking it down better together for sure. Okay. I love and appreciate you all. Have an awesome night. Thank you all. Good night. Live long and prosper.